Hello everyone, Alan Mishra here from Vitality Explorer News with another version of the Vitality Explorer News podcast. Please sign up at vitalityexplorers.com for a free text message newsletter that can help enhance your physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being. Now this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about one of my absolute favorite topics, and that is time. All right, we're going to start off with a quick quote here, and this one is from Stephen Covey, quote, The key is in not spending time, but investing it. The key is in not spending time, but investing it. And I'm going to share a couple other quotes about time in a minute. (laughs) This week's podcast, we're going to talk about how to take control of your time. We're going to talk about how 60 minutes of your time uh, doing strength training can literally help potentially save your life. And then finally, we'll talk a little bit about what I learned from writing every single day for 1,826 days or five years. Okay, so let's jump jump right into what I consider to be my top three time tips. The first one is to live in the now. All right, what does that mean? It means to live in the present. And how often are we really in the present? We're distracted and we do not pay attention. We are paying attention sometimes to too many other things, but are we paying attention to the given moment? That's what I call living in the now. The second one is to stop fractionating your time. And we're going to learn a little bit more about this in the first segment here. And the third one is to respect your future self. Now, these three concepts, living in the now, stop fractionating your time, and respecting your future self are three three things I cover in detail in my Stanford Continuing Studies Energize Your Life class, which is going to be starting this week. I'm really fired up. This will be the seventh time I'm teaching the class. Uh, And time is what we start the class off with. So this is sort of a preview of what I will be doing for my students this coming week. Here's a few other quotes just to kind of think about. Quote, time is an illusion. That, of course, is from Albert Einstein. Here's a second one. Quote, the future is something which everyone reaches at the same rate of 60 minutes an hour. And here's the third one. This is kind of an interesting one. Time is free, but it is priceless. You can't own it, but you can't, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. And once you've lost it, you can never get it back. That's Harvey McKay. The second one was from C.S. Lewis. Lewis. I want to repeat the third one one more time. Time is free, but it is priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. And once you've lost it, you can never get it back. And that's why we're going to focus on taking control of your time. I really believe that understanding how to optimize your time is a foundational component of vitality because time is our most precious non-renewable resource. Let me say that one more time because this is so important. Time is our most precious non-renewable resource. Unfortunately, we're not really intentional about our time. We really don't think with time in mind. And we almost never treat it like the luxury commodity it is. So if you have an expensive handbag, expensive watch, expensive car, expensive anything, you treat it, hopefully treat it well. But do you think of your time and especially your attention, which is a component of time, as a luxury good? We sometimes just let time flow without regard to thinking how we can optimize. And that's what we're going to learn about today, hopefully at least a little bit. Um, And we also almost always fail to live in the now. We're traveling down this accelerating timeline each day towards our ultimate sunset, oblivious to the epic consequences. So we're just keep moving forward every moving or marching forward every day, 
uh, not knowing when our p potential last best day will be. And one of the things I think we're doing a lot of, which I want to focus on today on today's podcast, is we fool ourselves by fractionating our time and attention. Now, let's just we're going to go into a little bit of math here. And, and this is uh, part of a paper that you can see on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. And we always try to back up what we're doing here on Vitality Explorer News with, with science and data. And this is this is quite interesting because I'm I'm definitely more of a math math geek, but than than a, than a wordsmith here. But if you take 0.8 times 0.2, it equals 0.16 in fractions. That's like four four over five multiplied um, by one over five equals four over 25. Okay. So the question that this rocket scientist named Ozan Varel, and I read this uh, post about this, um, and again, you can see more of this on the Vitality Explorer News podcast, or a Substack site. Um, how, when you multiply two numbers together, do you get a smaller one? And that question really haunted me. And here's his conclusion, and it's interesting in the context of time. And what he says, and again, his name is Ozan Varel, B-A-R-O-L, first name O-Z-A-N, Ozan Varel. And here's the quote he had, quote, when we operated a fraction, we compromised the output. When we operated a fraction, we compromised the output. Now, I really think that's valuable. I, I really agree with this assessment. And we are fractionating our lives all the time. We parse out portions of it to a myriad of tasks or even alerts on our phone, and we rarely focus. And this lack of focus, I think, is destroying our productivity. And I think it's destroying our sanity. So it's destroying our productivity, but more importantly, it's de destroying our sanity and it's limiting our cre creativity. So sort of my analysis of this first idea that we're talking about today in terms of fractionating our, our, our time is that we need to stop taking time for granted. So here's some suggestions. Spend a thousand seconds, that's about 17 minutes today, to just think with time in mind. Contemplate the concept of time. When I, when I say this, it, it sounds a little weird, but spending time thinking about time is never a waste of time, <laughs> okay? Spending time thinking about time is never a waste of time. Um, and when you're thinking about the time in your life, past, present, or future, um, think about these two questions. What would you do today if you knew that this would be your last best day? What would you do today or tomorrow, if it's later in the day, if you knew that today or tomorrow would be your last best day. And then you can help answer the second question there. And that is, um, how can you optimize whatever time you have left on the planet? Now that may be a year, a day, 10 years, 50 years, 60 years, 100 years, whatever it is. But how can you optimize whatever time you have left to help yourself, your community and the world? And here's a suggestion again to start. Um, Turn off your phone for a thousand seconds. This is a, maybe a second suggestion. The first was just to use a thousand seconds to think with time in mind. The second one is to literally power off your phone for 17 minutes, which is about a thousand seconds. When's the last time you did that? Like ever, okay? So recently I forgot my phone when I went up um, to go off on a, like a two-hour hike. I was petrified when I got to the when I drove to this place where I was going to go hiking that I had forgotten my phone and I thought some like serious emergency would arise and need my, needed my attention attention and I, I honestly panicked a little bit. Then I realized all of my attention, all of my time would be focused only on the hike. This was one where I was going by myself. I couldn't check my phone every 15 minutes like a lab rat pushing a cocaine lever and I couldn't even listen to music or a podcast. 
I was alone with my thoughts in nature for two hours. And something amazing happened about 30 minutes into that trek. I broke out into a little smile. My brain felt lighter. I noticed the trees and the birds more. And then, wait for it, I identified a solution to a difficult problem that had been pestering me. So that's when I realized the math from our friend um, Ozan is correct. I realized that um, when you don't fractionate your life, we can actually be more productive, we can be more creative, and we can be more vital. So here's the suggestion, take back control of your time, take back control of your attention, take back control of your focus, okay? Your future self will thank you, all right? So this is, this is hopefully in the context of the second one, which is really a staggeringly important paper that I came across that talks about using 60 minutes per week of strength training to literally potentially save your life. So one other thing in the context of taking back control of your time, which I've talked about before, is to plug life links. Because everybody says, I don't have enough time, but I do think we are wasting about a thousand seconds a day. And that could be doom scrolling on your phone through social media, that could be complaining or gossiping or watching something that isn't very interesting on TV or even listening to a podcast, hopefully not this podcast, that isn't valuable. Okay, so we need to free up 60 minutes per week for a crucial reason. Let's go through this absolutely staggeringly important paper. So uh, again, there's a little bit of a disclaimer here. This is for informational purposes only and always check with your personal physician prior to beginning any exercise program. But this recently published meta-analysis paper absolutely confirmed the importance of strength training. And here's the conclusions from the study. And again, you can look on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site and you'll see the reference and, and a fair number of uh, the, the pieces of information that you can, you can chew on a little bit more if you want, including the abstract. So here, quote, this systematic review and meta-analysis provides the strongest evidence to date that resistance training is associated with a reduced risk of all-cause mortality, CVD, which is cardiovascular disease mortality, and cancer-specific mortality. And here's the specifics, because they're crucial. And compared to no resistance training, participating in any, any amount of resistance training resulted in three things. Number one, a 15% reduction in all-cause mortality. That means 15% uh, reduction in literally dying. Okay, number two is a 19% reduction in cardiovascular disease mortality. And number three was a 14% reduction in cancer mortality. This is incredible, right? So the optimal amount of resistance identified by the paper was 60 minutes per week, and that resulted in a 27% decreased risk of dying. And I have the curve there that you can look at on the Substacks, Vitality Explorer Substack site. Uh, and the conclusions were based on a structured review of 10 other studies, and the data was absolutely consistent. All studies found resistance training had value for the prevention of death and disease. So they have these things called forest plots, which kind of decide, oh, is it, is it helpful or is it not helpful? But whether it's cancer, cardiac issues, or literally all cause mortality, all reasons for dying, um, strength training is meaningful. And I think the paper's final conclusions are a call to action. Let me quote this here. Quote, these results combined with the low prevalence of resistance training in the general population 
indicate that more emphasis should be placed on resistance training in health promotion campaigns aimed at increasing physical activity levels. Now, what, what does that mean? It, we often talk about just getting aerobic training as doctors, or that could be walking, that could be running, jogging, elliptical, but we don't embrace strength training, and I think we should. So I'm absolutely taking this personally and professionally, uh, and here's what I call the Vitality Explorer News Analysis and Recommendations. Here it is. Number one is elite data confirms resistance training uh, helps prevent death. And if you had a pill, like let's say you could make a pill, a pharma pharmaceutical pill that reduced the overall risk of death by 27%, it would be worth billions. So that's why resistance training is so, so important. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Uh, I'm going to just share with you what I do. Again, I would check with your doctor uh, to make sure this is okay for you, but doesn't matter what age you are. I don't care if you're between 18 and 99, okay? Any, anybody should do some form of resistance training, but here's what I do. Take, like I say to, somebody, say to my daughter, take what you like and throw the rest away. But here's what I try to do uh, for resistance training. Uh, I try to get to the gym or a pool twice a week, and I lift weights for about 45 minutes uh, and, and or swim. And I consider swimming a form of resistance training because I really try to propel myself mainly with my arms. I also... Frankly, I'm not very good at swimming. I've had to train myself over years to be even somewhat functional. Um, but I, th I find swimming an amazing exercise, especially as I get older, because you can get some sort of exercise in a, in a, in a buoyant environment. So the second thing I do is I check my ego at the door. I do three sets of 10 of a bench press, biceps curls, and a lat pull down super, super slowly. And I, I'm not trying to lift the gym. I'm not even going to tell you what the weights I, I put on the bench press or the biceps curls or lat pull down. Suffice it to say, it's not, uh, not crazy big. But what I'm trying to do uh, uh, right now, my stage in life, is just to maintain muscle strength and tone and not get injured. So that's this. we can talk about this maybe at another one. But I, I see lots and lots of people who try to overdo it in the gym and then they get injured in their shoulders, their knees, their elbows. And I guess that keeps me in business as an orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. But the final thing I do that I'd like to share with you sounds a little strange, but I have a, a dumbbell that I put near uh, my, my uh, bedroom dresser and I try to do two sets uh, with each arm in the morning and at night, maybe a set of eight or 10. Again, it's not a very heavy weight, but I think of this like brushing my teeth for my muscles. So, you know, we, the dentists are pretty smart about this. They think, okay, if you don't brush or floss your teeth, you're going to lose your gums or you're going to lose, uh, you're going to get gum disease or you're going to lose your teeth. Well, the same is absolutely true for your muscles. So if you do not use your muscles, you will lose them. You will lose them. And, and I think it's crucial to, to also sort of lean into this idea that the data in that paper we're, we've been talking about suggests that any amount of resistance exercise helps reduce the risk of dying. So you could start with a two pound weight and a set of five. You could do some resistance bands. Um, whatever you do, it, just get going. Uh, do something against resistance and it might just keep you alive. So again, you can see all the data that I'm quoting or talking about on the Vitality Explorer News Substack site. Um, but I would encourage everybody who is able to try to do some resistance training. The final thing I'd, I'd say about this is that uh, they've done studies in the past where they t take people in their 80s and 90s in nursing homes and just put resistance bands on their beds to try to get them 
out of bed. They're either bed or bed to chair bound. And they found that people, even in their 80s and 90s, who are, are really debilitated, can improve their muscle strength. So what, that, what I say to myself and I say to my patients and I say to people who are, um, I'm talking to about vitality is that your musculoskeletal system is modifiable until the day you die. Your musculoskeletal system, that means your ligaments, your tendons, your bones, uh, and your, especially your muscles, are modifiable. You can improve them. Okay, enough of my get off my soapbox about strength training, but I think you can hear in my voice that this is really, really important. We'll finish the Vitality Explorer News Substack, excuse me, the Vitality Explorer News podcast with something that's really near and dear to my heart and something that I tried and I'm continuing to try, and that is to become a better writer. And what we're going to uh, talk about here, this is sort of a personal diversion here. I appreciate you listening to this, but it's very important to me because I, I, five years ago, I started writing every single day. All right. And um, so I just passed last week, 100, excuse me, 1,826 days, which is five, year, five years plus one leap day. And here are the lessons I learned by writing every single day. Number one, dreaming greatly coupled with discipline can transform a weakness into a strength. Number two, cultivate your authentic voice. Don't try to copy anyone. Number three, write cleanly. Eliminate text whenever um, possible. Number four is writing is its own reward. It helps optimize our thoughts. And number five, writing well is a mark of deep understanding. So why did I start to write? Well, my sixth grade spelling bee played a crucial role in why I started the writing streak. And I'm going to do a little what I call scary sharing. We've talked about this in the context of closeness before, but I did not have a lot of um, confidence in my, I should say I had misplaced confidence, but let's just say I was the very first person in my sixth grade spelling class and my amazing teacher assigned me the word tube. So I, I was sort of a awkward, or maybe not even sort of, a very awkward sixth grader. I rose out of my plastic chair, uh, red plastic chair, as I remember, if I'm correct, trying to appear confident in front of my class and then spelled out the word after I sounded it out in my head. And after I sounded it out in my head, I, I came up with T-O-O-B. Now, my teacher gave me another chance, to her credit, but I thought she was testing me. I repeated my awful mistake and said T-O-O-B, this time a little softer. The class, my classmates just roared at laughter as the teacher really told us the, the correct spelling, T-U-B-E, of course. And I sat down in under shame, just absolutely, um, I don't know, embarrassed beyond belief. And the interesting part about my, my middle school years is I thrived when, in advanced math classes, but suffered in remedial English classes. And I, I was really friends with a lot of different um, people. I was friends with the smart kids because I was in the math, the math advanced math classes, but I was also really good friends with the ones who struggled in the remedial English classes. Now, the reason why I struggled is, unfortunately, I lost my mom to a brain tumor when I was nine. And her tragic death I used on, as an excuse in fifth grade and sixth grade and beyond for not doing my English homework because it was very hard for me to do. The English, the math came easy. The English was very hard. And because I did not pay attention to the really basics of, of, of you know, writing and reading, um, it led to a, um, a lifelong struggle. And five years ago, 
I decided I needed to confront this weakness. Um, I, I, I really made it a proactive choice. I, I figured I could live the rest of my life with very limited writing skills. I am a doctor after all. I don't have to write for sure for a living. Um, or I could figure out how to try and improve it. And that's when I committed to being a, a better writer. And I figured what better way to do it than just, just try and start writing. And I also was doing this in the context of my vitality work. And one of my other goals was to produce a high quality nonfiction book about vitality. And along that journey, which is kind of a long story, I was lucky to sign a deal with the managing partner of a New York liter literary agency. They had produced many New York Times bestsellers. And he and his team guided me as I wrote, wrote over 300 pages of text. And I, I wrote and revised those and wrote and revised those pages many, many times. The book, unfortunately, despite this epic effort on my part, was really not very good. It was not compelling. It really, it actually read like a boring corporate report. And and what made it more difficult were my poor writing skills. And it, after about a year and a half of trying to write this book, it became clear that I wasn't going to be able to do what my agent wanted me to do. So we parted ways in January of 2020, 2020 just before the, pan, the pandemic hit. And I, I I thought about this in March of 2020. Uh, when, the, when the COVID pandemic hit and I was about to teach my Stanford class again and somebody gave me some really wise advice and they said, why don't you just take your 100 best pages and turn it into a course book for your vitality class? So that's exactly what I did. I, I gave up on this dream of writing maybe a nonfiction bestseller, but I knew I needed some structure around my Stanford uh, Vitality class. So Vitality Essentials was then self-published by me and is up on, and available on, on Amazon. And I, it has been the required text now for my class for almost three years. And along the way, somebody also told me that how you write well is one good sentence or one great sentence at a time. So let me share, you, share with you four uh, sentences that I wrote that I've incorporated into my class and into the Vitality Essentials course book. Number one, stockpile health. Number two, think with time in mind. Number three, consider sleep a superpower. Number four, stop binging at the buffet of excuses. So um, these may not be you know life-changing sentences, but I created each one of those and I've used those many times to try to help people with improving their health, their time management, sleep, and avoiding excuses. Um, now, I've, I've pivoted away from trying to write a proper nonfiction book to doing what, what you're listening to right now, and that is uh, trying to write short pieces about how to live a, a vital life. And that morphed into, in the last year or so, into Vitality Explorer News, and where, what I do with this is sort of the how, how is the soup made here is that I read several scientific articles every week about how to improve physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being. This is in the context of being a, a reviewer for many orthopedic journals. So I've learned how to read the world's literature very well. I then transform this research that I do into short and easy to understand posts that are available also via the Vitality Explorer News text message, which you can sign up for at vitalityexplorers.com. But the overall purpose of all this work, of all this writing, has been to boil that down to something that I really am passionate about that, and that is to enhance global vitality one person at a time. And my writing skills now are basically trying to reduce technical articles into specific actionable, uh, actionable advice. So 100 
excuse me, 1,826 days uh, every day writing. Uh, and I averaged about 30 minutes per day. Uh, not surprisingly, I kept a little spreadsheet, but it was about 29 plus minutes per day. So about 30 minutes per day. Um, I developed a confidence in an arena that used to be filled with doubt and remorse. I was really scarred or maybe appropriately scarred uh, by not being able to spell the word tube. I hope someday I can, I can maybe get that in a spelling bee and do that, you know, spell that word uh, properly in, in a spelling, in a, in a public forum. Um, and that, that came about about a week ago. It was, the, it was the five year anniversary of starting, or excuse me, of writing every day. Uh, and of course, I didn't stop. I, I, I know that I'm gonna continue on this, this writing journey. I just don't know what the destination will be, but I can tell you for sure that the journey will be worth the effort. So thank you for listening again this week, especially towards the end of this, to my personal experience with trying to become a better writer. I hope that you've learned a little bit how to take control of your time. I hope you will try to uh, get 60 minutes of strength training or even two minutes of strength training to help save your life. And uh, whatever you have thought of as a weakness in your, in your world, uh, in your life, it's possible to transform that weakness into a, into a strength with time and determination. So thank you again for listening. I hope you are uh, enjoying the Vitality Explorer News podcast. If you like it, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple or wherever you find your podcasts. And until next time, get out there and dare to be vital.